All right, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It's on the screen right there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. This morning we'll be looking at that. And we're also going to look at a, another passage in Psalms this morning as we think about Thanksgiving. Now, I have a great appreciation for Thanksgiving. Uh, I remember when we first came to this country, I came from South Africa. We came to this country, and my aunts and uncles would always invite our family to their house. And I just loved going to their house as kids. Um, later, as I went into high school, I was a wrestler. And I don't know if you, if you know this, but the first wrestling tournament is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And so my entire years in high school, I didn't eat at Thanksgiving at all. And I sat around a table with a bunch of people eating food, and I ate nothing. And if you're wondering why I'm overweight, it's because I was... I was damaged during that period of time, and I overeat at every Thanksgiving because I could just eat as much as I want. So um, I, I love that. And, and I think for Michelle and I, one of the things we love about the holiday season is just spending time with our family. And I loved all the little kids talking about their grandparents and their family and spending time with family. And that is so significant and so important. And one of the things I think about in our culture, like Thanksgiving is the perfect holiday to celebrate before Christmas. Like this really helps us think about how we need to head into this season. And one of the things I think is amazing is that the unbelieving world knows the importance of being thankful. But what's crazy is they see some of the benefits of that, but they pull out the most significant element of it. Uh, who are we thankful to? And so they see the value of just having a thankful attitude that kind of goes nowhere. But we know what we really need to be thankful for. And for a believer, it's a good reminder at Thanksgiving to think about being thankful. But if you're a Christian, Thanksgiving, thankfulness is not just for this season. Thankfulness is who we are. It's for our life. And so uh, Thanksgiving is very, very important. Um, I was thinking, um, I'm going to give you guys a little tip. At the very end of today, we're going to end. And since you're sitting around tables, I want to make sure you talk to each other. So we're going to end today, and I want you to be prepared. Um, let me see if I can get it on. Oh, there we go. I'm going to put this slide up at the very end of the service. And I want to ask you guys to just answer a couple questions around your tables. Is there a situation with God in mind? Is there a situation that you're thankful for, a person that you're thankful for, or something that the Lord has blessed you with that you're thankful for? So with God in mind, think about answering those. And here's the deal in the season, and I think this is actually part of the Christian life, a part of being in church, is that we don't just pretend everything is okay. Uh, we know that we're supposed to always be thankful. The reality is that sometimes we're not. And that's one of the great things about the church. We know who God says we should be, and we're not always that, and we don't have to pretend. And so if you're struggling with something in your life, if you're struggling to be thankful, if there's a circumstance or a situation that makes that hard for you, maybe that's what you want to share. And then we'll, be, we'll end this with prayer. So somebody at your table, you, if you're new, you don't have to pray. Welcome. Thank you for being here. We're going to make you pray and evaluate. We'll all evaluate your prayer. Um, um, no, that's not going to happen. There is somebody at your table who can take care of that and who can pray. But I, just, I didn't want you to be caught off guard at the end. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so let's talk about this whole issue of thankfulness. Um, thankfulness is gratitude to God. 
It is blessing God. It's just this blessing that comes out of your heart when you think about who God is. And as you read through the New Testament and you think about the words, the Greek words that are used for thankfulness, there's the word thankfulness, but there's also the word praise, which is just praising God, recognizing who he is, just expressing that. And many times that word is translated as thankful. And then there's another one, and that's the word, just the word for prayer. Sometimes in the context means thankfulness. And so that's as we think about uh, thankfulness. Uh, I love this quote of, uh, from Chuck Swindoll. And this is what he says, talking about a thankful attitude. Your attitude is something that is in your heart. It comes out through and in everything that you do. And I love this quote, but I want to I warn you to be careful about it. You could be a non-Christian, not know who God is, read this quote, apply this quote, and it would be helpful for your life. But as believers, we're not just here to be better people. We're not here to say, okay, I'm going to take God out of the picture, but then I'm going to try to do all the things he tells me to do. I mean, if you do that, you'll receive some blessing, but ultimately that is empty. And so as we read this, this is a great quote. Chuck Swindoll means this with Christ in it. But we got to be careful not to approach things without God. But this is what he says. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than success, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It'll make, a, make or break a, a company, a church, or a home. He goes on and he says this, The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the facts. The fact that certain people will act in, in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have. And that's our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And, and what makes us react properly, what allows us to have a thankful attitude in anything is what we know to be true of God, what we know to be true of ourselves, and what we know to be true of our circumstances. And so we're going to look at this, this passage here, and I just want you to know that as we approach this season, um, have you ever wondered why people give gifts? Jesus was born, and as we celebrate Jesus' birth, we all give gifts to each other. Did you know that there is a passage in the Bible, I almost didn't mention this because it's somewhat negative, but do, do you know that there is a passage in the Bible that talks about people just spontaneously giving gifts to each other? Did you guys know that? It's in the book of Revelation. And now you're going to understand why I almost didn't share it. Um, so the two witnesses. So God's taken every believer off the earth. And the, the earth is wicked. It is sinful. They hate God. And God sends two witnesses to share the gospel with people. And to tell them how they can be saved. And to glorify God. And everybody wants to kill them because they hate them. And God protects them. And then when the Antichrist kills these two people... Everyone is so excited that all over the world, everybody, they start giving gifts to each other. I mean, because they're so happy. And you want to know something, when you think about, like, that's the unbelieving world's response to God. But when you think about Christmas, 
when we think about who Jesus is, that God sent Jesus to this earth, we should be so overjoyed and so thankful that the joy just overflows out of our heart and we just want to give to everybody around us. We just want to celebrate. That's what Christmas is. But let me ask you a question. When you look at this picture, um, who's grateful and who is spoiled? Can you just look at that picture and tell who's grateful and who's spoiled? And you'll notice that the one kid is sitting around a bunch of Christmas gifts. Anybody ever seen that at Christmas? See, here's the issue is that um, what you get, what happens to you in your life is never going to produce the right response. Only a right relationship with God is going to be expressed in thankfulness no matter what. When you think about thankfulness, um, the, 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 the Webster's Dictionary defines it, um, equates it with gratitude. Gratitude is thankfulness. Some synonyms are appreciation, appreciativeness, gratefulness, thankfulness, thanks. It is the opposite of ingratitude, thanklessness, unappreciation, ungratefulness. And we, a lot of times, we call this spoiled. There's a lot of people growing up in life who are spoiled. And I just want you to know, in your family, it is so significant that we are thankful for the right reason and that we're teaching our kids about thankfulness. And one of the things I love is that when you look at, at thankfulness in your own life and in the life of your kids, sometimes we work on the wrong things. And so we'll see a kid who's grumpy, they're unappreciative. It's like, you have no idea how much I sacrifice for you. And, and it's like, and all these things. And we can be so indignant. We don't want our kids to embarrass us. Um, we we want to try to teach them to behave and say thank you to us. But here's one of the things I love. Thankfulness, ultimately, in everybody's life, it, it is a barometer on your personal relationship with Christ. So as we were growing up, if my kids were spoiled, if they were grumpy, if they were unhappy, that just told me, okay, Yes, I want to teach you to say thank, thank you to the people who brought your gifts. But the bigger issue is it lets me see, okay, there's a spiritual issue here that I need to work on in my kid's life, that I need to model, that I need to pray for, that I need to encourage. All behavior things are just a picture of the heart. And so as in this, over this Thanksgiving se this season, over Christmas, we get to approach things in that way. So our, thank, our attitude is so important. So this morning, we're going to see three things, and we'll see how quickly we'll see these things. Thankfulness is an attitude that comes out of our heart. Thankfulness is an attitude that needs to be directed toward God. And thankfulness is an attitude that will transform everything that you do. And so we're going to look at this in the book of Colossians. And uh, before we do that, I, I want to just look at these two verses 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And isn't it an amazing thing that we can live in the United States, uh, we can fill rooms with presents, and people can be grumpy and unhappy because they didn't get what they want, when Jesus says, be thankful in every circumstance because that's God's will for you. Colossians 2, 4, 2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. It underlines everything that we do. So let's look at this 
first um, point here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. And so we're about to read through that passage, but I did a scan of the New Testament for all the places where it talked about thankfulness. And I want to just share with you some of the things I saw as you read through scripture that were reasons for thankfulness. So here's one. You know how often it talks about being thankful before people eat? And Jesus prayed and thanked God when he was feeding people. The celebration of the Lord's Supper. Have you ever heard Eucharist? Do you know that Eucharist is just the Greek word for thankfulness? And so we're first and foremost thankful for who Jesus is, what he came to do for us. Thankfulness in prayer. Jesus prayed a lot um, and expressed thanks to God. People were thankful to Jesus for healing them. In lives of believers, thankfulness is mentioned many times in prayer. It's one of the things that we talk to God about. People were thankful because of God's plan and work in the world. They would see God doing things. People were thankful for salvation, their own salvation, the salvation of others, spiritual growth because of ministry as people saw God working. The heart behind this, get this, worship and actually this, this whole debate about should you eat meat or not eat meat that's sacrificed to idols, what makes it holy is if you have a thankful attitude. So thankfulness in all of those things for spiritual gifts because of how God works through prayer. It's a part of doing everything in God's glory. To God's glory is to do it with thankfulness. And it's often used with the words always, constantly, in everything. Like those words go all the time with thankfulness. Um, and it's also this, smaller, but thankful to other people for how God has used them. Sometimes people are an indirect object of thankfulness, but the ultimate object, even when you're thankful for a person, God is the one who put that person there. God is a reason that they did whatever they did. So it is right to thank people, but we thank people. But ultimately, even in that, we're thanking God. A lot of times we struggle to be thankful because we have the wrong values. The wrong things are important to us. And so that's one of those awesome things. If you struggle with thankfulness, think about what is important to you. If you see your kids struggling with thankfulness, what does this say about what is important to them? And how can you encourage, pray for, and work in their life? So Colossians chapter 3, we need to have a, a thankfulness. It's an attitude of the heart. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. That is this underlying attitude. Thankfulness, peace comes because what we know about God and what we know about God has the natural response for us to be thankful. So we're to be thankful in that. If you look at, it goes on, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Worship, ministry, everything that we do is underlined by thankfulness. And then, I mean, it just says this so powerfully. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so thankfulness is this attitude in our heart that is the foundation for everything that we do and think. And so we're to be thankful. And as I think about that, um, we, it is this continuous obligation. 
Thankfulness is not something, it's not a gift we give God. It is an obligation. It's something that naturally flows from thinking rightly. Um, Romans chapter 1, verse 21. You know what it says? It talks about how God has put a knowledge of himself in everybody, that he's storing up wrath to pour out on the unbelieving world. Why are you talking about that at Thanksgiving? But, um, <laughs> but you know what? I don't know what Romans 1, 21 says. Even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. So that's the reason that all this happens is God says, I'm so great. I'm so awesome. I've done so much for you. And if you're not thankful for that, I will pour out wrath and punishment. So thankfulness is not this, oh God, hey, I'll, I'll be thankful to you and then thank me for having that attitude. Thankfulness is something that we owe God all the time in every situation. Now, as I think about why I'm so thankful for God, why that's an, a hard attitude, it's because God is completely sovereign and in control of every detail of life. Have you thought about that? Um, if you're healthy, God has allowed you to be healthy. If you're sick, God has allowed you to be sick. If you have a good job, that's something God gave you. If God decided that you're going to be looking for a job, that's a gift that God's given you. If you get everything you want for Christmas, it's because God gave it to you. And if you get nothing that you want for Christmas, it's because God decided you shouldn't have whatever you want for Christmas. Like if you thought about God's complete sovereign control, that there's no, no circumstance or situation you can face that God is not a part of, that God has not brought about. Isn't that an awesome comfort? And for the believer, as we think about this, even when things go wrong, they're really going right. Have you ever thought about that? When your worst nightmare happens, that's God loving for you, loving you, caring for you, and providing just what you need. Uh, Romans 8, 28 says this, We know that for those who love God, that, by the way, is a synonym for a Christian, for a Christian, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose. God takes the bad things in life and brings blessing into our life through those things. I mean, how can we not approach everything in life with an attitude of thanksgiving? Here's a second thing. Thankfulness is an attitude directed toward God. We live in a world where people say you need to be grateful, you need to be thankful, and, and they, they're doing much better when they say you should thank your parents, you should be thankful to the person you work for, you should be thankful to people. Like that's a, that's a step in the right direction. But a lot of people just say we just need to generally have a great, uh, a thankful attitude, and there's no object of that thankfulness. Thanksgiving and thankfulness and a thankful attitude has its object in God himself. Look at verse... Um, Verse 16, the very end, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Um, the, verse 17, give thanks to God the Father through Jesus. We are thankful all the time to God. God is the object. Now, a mind, you think about ministry, um, studying the word, praising and worshiping, a mind controlled by scripture is a thankful mind. 
And so when we're doing that correctly, we'll think correctly about God ourselves and our circumstances, and we won't be able to stop ourselves from being thankful. So I want to talk for a second, Psalm 50. If you have your Bibles, go to Psalm 50. And I want to read a passage where he's, he's going to confront Israel for their worship, and he's going to tell them some things about himself. And I think this is an interesting thing. If you were to try to diagnose why am I not thankful? Um, don't we, if you think about it, aren't we not thankful because we feel like we're not getting what we deserve? Um, hey, God, I, you should treat me differently. My circumstances should be different. Um, Lord, I've, I've really sacrificed to give faithfully to you. Every week I sacrifice and, and I'm diligent in my giving, but I still had a financial disaster. You know, I was thinking about that in the different years of my life. Uh, there were times when Michelle and I, in the early years of our marriage, where I would say to her, <laughs> we had a bunch of little kids at home, and I would say, Michelle, don't go to the grocery store, because we don't have any money. And so whatever's in the cabinets, you know, we might not have enough food to make things right, but... Whatever's in there, we just got to eat it. Have you ever noticed how you can run out of food, but the cabinets are still full? And so we were out of food, but our cabinets were full. And I said, you just, we just got to figure out how to eat whatever's in there. But when we went to church on Sunday morning, we gave our offering. So I told her not to buy food, and then we went to church the next Sunday, and we gave. Because that's just one of the most basic elements of being a Christian. It's to say, God, you're in control. Everything I have came from you. Uh, you're in control of what I have or don't have. And so we would give every week. And so we were in that stage of life. We had no money. And our transmission in our car went out, which cost $5,000. And we had no money for it. And it went on a credit card. And I'm just thinking, okay, we are having a hard time getting through life but I have to fix my car, how am I going to pay for this? And just sitting there and thinking about that, Lord, I'm honoring you, I'm being faithful to you, and I don't feel like you're treating me right. Have you ever had that thought? <laughs> and then thinking to myself, no, wait a second. God knows that he owns everything, he knows everything, and if this is a situation that he's put me in, he is going to provide for me, and this is all going to work out. And so to just say, well, God, I actually I believe in you and I trust you, and Psalm 50 is talking about that. Look at this. Psalm 50. So in verse 1 through 5, God talks about his, his glory, his power, his beauty, his awesome holiness. And he summons people before him who are sacrificing to him. And then in verse 6 through 8, he says, The heavens declare God's righteousness. And he's confronting these people about their attitude. And this is what it says in Psalm 50 verse 8. He says, not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. So he says, I am not rebuking you because you give. Your sacrifices are constantly before me. But then he says this interesting thing in verse 9. He says, I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. And what we're going to find out as we read this, it's because they actually don't have any bulls and they don't have any goats. And their problem is they think they have bulls and they think they have goats, but they don't actually have any because he says, for every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle's on a thousand hills. I know, I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. 
So what God says to them is, you're giving me an offering, but you actually own nothing. And, and so for us, when we come to church, and if we write a check, or if we, if we do something, and you think you're giving to God, you're not. You actually don't have anything. There's nothing you possess. When you show up to church on Sunday and you serve in Sunday school or you do something, you are not giving God anything. And, well, I should read something else. Um, let me read the, this next verse here. And this is something often we forget. Psalm 24:1. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Have you thought about that? You don't own yourself. You belong to God. So everything you have belongs to God. You belong to God, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it in the rivers. Now, I just want to make another side observation here. This is not talking about that Christians belong to God. This is saying everything in the world belongs to God. Have you ever approached life or thought about life and thought to yourself, well, sure, Christians should obey God, but non-Christians, they don't believe in God. They don't have to obey Him. Have you ever thought about that? You know God owns every person. Every person is obligated to worship God. And if you don't believe in God, that's just a greater sin. You are just as obligated to worship Him. You own nothing. You don't even own yourself. And so when we have this idea that somehow we've given to God, we've given nothing. And sometimes we think, hey, God, you have not treated me right. You took something from me. If, if somebody passes away or we find out that we're sick or something happens, we just think, God, you took something from me. No, God took nothing from you. Did you know your kids don't belong to you? Your kids belong to God. God can never take anything from anybody because he owns everything. And so, um, and that's, I would say, have you ever thought about the attitude of entitlement? So an attitude of entitlement will ruin any Thanksgiving. And many times people live and they function. And the biggest problem is that they have an attitude of entitlement toward God. And so, and that's what kind of can color. That's what makes people dissatisfied. But this just says, no, um, God doesn't give us what we deserve. And it's a good thing. Now, I hear you say stuff like that all the time. We deserve hell. And God doesn't give that to us. We should be thankful for that. But anything we have is not because we deserve it. Um, <clears throat> okay. Let's talk about this for a second. Um, look at verse 12. So everything you have belongs to God. And here's the other thing, verse 12. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. This is God speaking. For the world in its fullness is mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls? Or drink the blood of goats. You want to know what God says saying there? I need nothing. See, there's people that they look at the offering at church and they go, oh man, God needs some money. No, he doesn't. Um, the offering, like if the offering's too low, God, that, like I don't, I don't ever look at that and think, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? <laughs> hey people, God, God needs your money. I don't ever think that way. God needs nothing. That number is a reflection simply of our own attitude toward God, it's a measure of our spiritual maturity, but that has nothing to do with what God needs. He can provide at any time, in any way, at any time. And so God never tell. like, some people think, oh, what I give God, boy, he should be thankful for that. No, he doesn't need what you give. You need to give it. 
You need to worship God. You need to be thankful to God. But God needs nothing. And so God owns everything and God needs nothing. We, on the other hand, own nothing and need everything. So let's just look for a second um, at the things that the Bible says God gives you. That, by the way, you don't deserve. Um, Oh, my goodness, this is so hard this morning. No. Um, How about this? Your very life comes from God. Acts 17, 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. You are only living today because God's decided you will live. You are only breathing because God's decided, I think I'll let this person breathe today. So when you think about an attitude of thankfulness, if you woke up in the morning and everything in your life went wrong and you got nothing that you wanted, if you woke up in the morning, that's a reason to say, God, thank you. And, and the other thing, too, is we live, in the, <laughs> we live in the United States, where the worst nightmare would, if we were living this hellish nightmare in the United States, people in other countries, if they had your life, would think they won the lottery. It's like we have soft beds, and we're not laying in the street in the rain. I mean, God gives us life. He gives us everything we have. How about this? And man, this is the, this is the heart of our season, Right? Salvation comes from God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And this talks about God's sovereign plan. Before you were born, God chose you. God says, I'm going to work in your life. I'm going to bring you to come to know me. I'm going to send Jesus as the greatest expression of my love to die on the cross, and I'm going to punish him for your sins so that you can be saved. That's what God has done for us. If you know the Lord and you find out you're dying tomorrow, that's not a bad thing. Uh, That means we get to go immediately and be God's presence and be perfect. I love the Apostle Paul talking about his rescue. He's in prison and he knows that the next day he's going to be executed. And do you want to know how he talks about that? He doesn't say, this isn't fair. I've been serving Jesus. I've been honoring the Lord. And look, I get beaten. I get persecuted. And now I'm going to get executed tomorrow, and I'm afraid to die. This is terrible, God. Why won't you save me? No. He says, tomorrow I'm going to be rescued. He looks at his execution as a rescue from everything wrong in this life. And so if you're a child of God, if you're saved, nothing can ever go wrong in your life. Any suffering you face will be temporary. And so God's given us our very life. He's given us salvation. And then how about this? I want you to think about this at Christmas, okay? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. There's nothing good in your life that God didn't give you. Now, you remember Daniel, the opening chapters of the book of Daniel? He says to this guy, the king's servant, he says, hey, I don't want to eat the king's food because that'll defile me. And it says, God 
granted him favor in the eyes of this man. And he says, okay, I'll let you eat vegetables. If people like you, it's only because God decided they would like you. You ever thought about that? When you say, mom, dad, will you please buy me this? And, and then they, but just, it's on their heart and they think, man, I, I really want to give that to you. Do you know that's only because God decided he would work in their heart and allow them to give you that gift? And it is right for us to be thankful and to appreciate the channels of God's blessing in our life. To look at a person who did something from us, for us and genuinely say, thank you for what you did. That is right. But if that's where it stops, it's wrong. Because we've got to say, God has given that person life. If they have money that they bought me a gift for, it's because God gave it to them. If they decided to buy this for me, it's because God decided they would buy it for me. We thank God for every good thing in our life. So, I was thinking about um, this talk show host, Dennis Prager. You guys ever heard of him? Um, so, Dennis Prager, he's a Jewish guy, and he's a talk show host. He's not a Jew in the sense that the Old Testament is a Jew. Like, if you read the Old Testament, and you define Judaism by that, and then you bump into Jews today, it's not the same thing. But um, one, he says this. He says that ungrateful people are not good people. And he says that ungrateful people are not happy people. He says entitlement makes people angry and mean. So if you think that you didn't get what you deserved, you're angry. And, and have you ever seen a grateful person saying, God, just thank you. I just appreciate all that you've given me. And then they go to school and shoot people or commit a crime. See, grateful people don't do that. When you feel like life isn't fair, all these people have stuff I don't have. That's not right. It's like being ungrateful makes people bad and makes them angry. I'm not saying that. That's what Dennis Prager is saying. And he says that grateful people are not victims and they're always happy. Grateful per person doesn't say, I'm being mistreated. I'm not getting the things in life I need. They're not victims and they're always happy. Grateful people are, I could put a picture of a happy person and a grumpy person and said, who's grateful and who's not grateful? And, um, and, and, and I love that. He says that ingratitude is the most significant problem in the world. And that is the foundation behind all evil and unhappiness. And I think that's true. But I want to go just a little step beyond that. He misses the reason why. And he misses the solution to the problem. The reason why people aren't thankful and the reason why people have an attitude of entitlement is because they have a wrong view of God, they have a wrong view of themselves, and they have a wrong view of circumstances. The reason that ungratefulness is so bad is because ultimately it brings God's judgment and punishment into your life. Could you imagine if you had a kid on Christmas Day this is, oh my goodness, I love this. I'm just so glad I got this thing. Uh, Mom and dad, get out of here. You had nothing to do, that, do with this. I, you don't even matter. Get away from my toys. These are mine, and I'm glad I have them. Like, that's not, that's not grateful to just have a grateful attitude and remove the source of this great gift that you were given. But that's what happens when people are just generally grateful. And the solution, it is not to be generically thankful. 
Now, Dennis Prager thinks people should just be generically thankful, and you should be thankful to the people in your life and just generally walk around with a thankful attitude. That is not a solution. The solution is to be thankful to God himself. And so in this season, I just want to encourage you, hey, if you're struggling with being thankful, we can own up to that, right? We're not afraid of that. Um, we struggle. We're not always who we should be. Um, but in this season, gratefulness, thankfulness is this underlying attitude. And I just want you to know you are modeling it, whether you know it or not. And it's the kind of thing we need to teach. And that's not just to hammer your kids about saying thankful all the time. It's to help them think rightly about life. And so um, I want to close today. I'm going to pray, and then I want you guys to answer these questions. What's a way that you're thankful? What's a person that you're thankful for? And what's something that you're thankful for? Everybody doesn't answer any. All those questions, pick one or share something that you're struggling with. And so just share something. Not everybody needs to share. Somebody at the table close in prayer, and this needs to go quick. That's why I gave you in advance. You don't have time to think about it. So um, do it quickly, and we'll close in prayer. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your kindness. I ask that you would help us to grow in thanksgiving. In your name, amen.